0: Hello, welcome to the Self-Learning Podcast by Dr. Sushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Chapter 9 Constitution as a Living Document. And our topic is Why have there been so many amendments? On 26 January 2006, the Constitution of India completed 56 years of its existence. In these 56 years, it was amended 93 times. Given the relatively difficult method of amending the Constitution, the number of amendments appears quite high. Let us try to find out how it is that so, so many amendments took place and what it means. Let us first look at the brief history of amendments, look carefully at the The same information is presented in two different ways. The first depicts the number of the constitution amendments made every 10 years. The second depicts the time taken every 10 amendments. This depicts the year taken for 10 amendments. You will notice that two decades from 1970 to 1990 saw a large number of amendments. On the other hand, the second tells one more story. Ten amendments took place between a short span of three years between 1974 and 1976. And again, in just three years from 2001 to 2003, 10 amendments took place. In the political history of our country, these two periods are remarkably different. The first was a period of Congress domination. Congress party had a vast majority in the parliament. It had 352 seats in the Lok Sabha and majority in most state assemblies. On the other hand, the period between 2001 and 2003 was a period marked by coalition politics. It was also a period when different parties were in power in different states. The bitter rivalry between the BJP and its opponents is another feature of this period. And yet this period saw as many as 10 amendments in just three years. So, the incident of amendment is not dependent mercy on the nature of majority of the ruling party alone. There is always a criticism about the number of amendments. It is sad that there have been far too many amendments to the constitution of India. On the face of it, the fact that 93 amendments took place in 55 years does seem to be somewhat old. But above suggest that the amendments are not only due to political considerations. Bearing the first decade after the commencement of the constitution, every decade had witnessed a steady stream of amendments. This means that irrespective of the nature of politics and the party in power, amendments were required to be made from time to time. What is because of the inadequacies of the original constitution? Is the constitution too flexible? Now let us discuss the point contents of amendments made so far. Amendments made so far may be classified in three groups. In the first groups there are amendments which are of a tactical or administrative nature and were only clarifications, explanations and minor modification, etc. of the original provisions. They are amendments only in legal sense. But in matter of fact, they made no substantial difference to the provisions. This is true to the amendment that increased the age of retirement of high court judges from 60 to 62 years, 15th Amendment. Similarly, salaries of judges of high courts and the Supreme courts were increased by an amendment, 55th Amendment. You may also take the example of the provision regarding reserved seats in the legislatures for dual caste and dual tribes. The original provision said that these reservations were for a period of 10 years. However, in order to ensure their fair representation of these sections, it was necessary to extend this period by 10 years. Thus, after every 10 years, an amendment is made to extend the period by another 10 years. This has led to five amendments so far. But these amendments have not made any difference to the original provision. In this sense, it is only a technical amendment. Do you remember the discussion in chapter 4 about the role of the president in the original constitution, it was assumed that in our parliamentary government, the president would normally abide by the advice of Council of Ministers. This was only reiterated by a later amendment. When Article 74-1 was amended to clarify that the advice of the Council of Ministers will be binding on the President. President shall act in accordance with the advice of the Council of Ministers. In reality, this amendment did not make any difference because that is exactly what has been happening all through. The amendment was only by way of explanation. Now let us discuss the next point, def- Differing Interpretations. A number of amendments are a product of different interpretations of the constitution given by the judiciary and the government of the day. When these classed, the parliament had to insert an amendment underlining one particular interpretation as the authentic one. It is part of the democratic politics that various institutions would interpret the constitution and particularly the scope of their own powers in a different manner. Many times the parliament did not agree with the judicial interpretation and therefore sought to amend the constitution to overcome the ruling of the judiciary. In the period between 1970 and 1975, this situation arose frequently. In the chapter on Judiciary, you have already studied the issues of difference between the Judiciary and Parliament. One was the relationship between fundamental rights and directive principles. The other was the scope of right to private property and the third was the scope of Parliament's power to amend the constitution. In the period 1970-1975, the Parliament repeatedly made amendments to overcome the adverse interpretations by the judiciary. It may be kept in mind that during this period, many political events were unfolding and thus this history of our constitutional development can be fully understood only in the context of the politics of that period. You will know more about these issues in the next when you study the political history of independent India. Now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.